to Radio TFS episode number 35. This is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. Hi everybody, happy new year to everyone. This is the first show of a new year, not that that really matters in podcast land, but there you go. So um, Greg, what have you been up to? <laughs> Just trying to get the, the new year started. You know, what about yourself? Oh yeah, you know, similar sort of thing with... Um, you go away for Christmas and, you know, you, you, you have a nice break, come back in and you've got a mountain of email. A mountain of <laughs> it's, it's interesting because um, we're sort of really hitting the, the conference season preparation now. Um, we've got, uh, you know, as well as doing like my real job, you know, getting tickets <laughs> for everywhere done and out the door with the team and everything. Um, we've got uh, Tech Ready 14 coming up. Tech Ready is an internal Microsoft conference. If you right. think of like tech ed, well, we, uh-huh. we, we run two of those a year for internal people and, uh, and it's called tech ready. So, um, right. so that, that's happening, um, in February and then there's, um, an MVP summit again, that's, um, uh, a, a conference that the MVPs come over to and, you know, we chat about and all about stuff, stuff that's not talked about publicly, but you know, it's a, it's a, um, it's a good, great conference to have and get all the MVPs in town together. So that's good. And then also, right. believe it or not, I mean, um, what else have we got coming up? Eclipse Con, which is a big conference for me. That's coming up at the end of March. And and in, at the end of June, it sounds bad that I'm already my, – my, I've got a little year planner on my wall, and, you know, I'm already <laughs> booked up to, like – well, actually, no, till July. But anyway, till June is um, TechEd Orlando and then TechEd um, in Amsterdam. So TechEd EMEA mm-hmm. and TechEd North America. They're both happening in June, and we're, we're – you know, thick in the planning of those already. Those conferences right. get planned out way, way, way in advance. And so, um, yeah, it's a busy time on, on like side project stuff as well as, as well as actual real work. So it's good. Has Microsoft announced, uh, uh the next build? I, I can't remember. Uh, I haven't seen any announcements about build this okay. year. Actually, I don't know. I don't even know if there is one or isn't one, you know, I remember right. it was, it right. was quite, I don't know. I don't know about that. So I'm, I don't, I don't think there's been any announcements anyway. Okay. Good. I, I'm just afraid I missed it. <laughs> so one of the things I want to talk about today, Martin, uh, and once we will like uh, do some news items and stuff first, but uh, you know, you, you mentioned all of those conferences, and you know, as, as a line of business guy, as you know, somebody who's a wonk in a cube, uh, uh, one of my personal dreams is to get out in front of people and actually present and talk to them. You know, I get very excited about technology, I get very excited about development and stuff, but I'm a, af- I'm afraid to stand up in front of people. You know, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And I, I've seen you present. I've seen Mickey present. And, and one of the things I wanted to talk about today is just kind of pick your brain a little bit about, you know, what, how do you present? You know, how, how do you get over that first inertia? And then, um, you know, what are the little things that you do to, you know, prepare your materials and, um, you know, uh, maybe a few tips on, uh, you know, before you present and then, you know, in the presentation and, you know, how you deal with hostile crowds, if, mm-hmm. if, assuming uh, not that you would get any, but, you know. Oh, no. I, I, I talk to <laughs> what, yeah, we're wearing, now we're wearing a Microsoft shirt. I often talk at conferences where the crowd isn't overly hostile, overly welcoming to people with a blue shirt on. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I say, okay, well, well, let's talk about that now. We'll just, you know, we'll just do it quickly then before we get into the news. So, um, okay. uh, practice really is the first thing. I know it sounds a bit glib, but, um, building up, obviously you can't just walk in and do like, uh, uh, you know, a tech ed session to 
right you know a thousand people and or a keynote or something like that so um practicing and the way i started was um and found you know a i enjoyed it and b i was reasonably good at it was just doing talks um internally inside the mm-hmm. company um so just just doing little talks to we 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 would have like brown bag sessions you know um so over lunch we would do like a technical session and get people to pick technology areas and talk about those and that's a good way to start practicing and then i did from that and like presenting internally then i was presenting to sort of customers and doing customer presentations um Mm -hmm. often doing like brought in as the technical guy you know and trying to explain stuff and i see i always wanted to be a teacher when i was a kid i wanted to be a Mm -hmm. physics teacher and then i sold out to the man and uh, (laughs) went and got a proper job instead that uh, that paid money rather than being a teacher so um so i yeah i always wanted i always enjoy people seeing people understand stuff and always enjoy uh rephrasing things that are slightly complicated into ways that you know into forming conceptual models that make sense Mm. and and that's how i learn myself is by taking something and making a conceptual model of it and then once i understand it then that's fine and then i explain those conceptual models i've developed for myself to learn something to other people um Mm -hmm. and then they understand it i can't i i um i get very very nervous I don't get nervous about talks ever. Like the crowd size just doesn't frighten me at all, which I think that's uh-huh. just, I'm just broke in that regard. <laughs> the only time I get nervous is, um, is when I'm talking about an area I'm not comfortable in. Uh-huh. It, uh, so occasionally I'll get drafted in to talk about like areas of TFS even I'm not so familiar with, or, or maybe I'll, cause I work for the visual studio team officially, you know, I'll be drafted into somewhere in Europe to go explain to a bunch of visual studio developers about something. I don't write in visual studio every day. I'm in eclipse most days, you know? And uh-huh. so, um, I get a bit more nervous when I'm in an area I don't know as much about. And the only way I get less nervous about that is just to go deep on that topic for a while and, and just learn the heck out of it. So I know, I know, everything about that topic that I need to know. And, you know, it, it just, just this is, I, so that I can go through a, a presentation and regardless of what level of knowledge you've, you've had coming into the session, whether you've mm-hmm. got no knowledge or whether you've got, whether you, whether you know as much as me, I can hopefully get you, let you leave that session having learned at least something, you know, you, you, you spent an hour in my company. I want you to at least have taken one tip bit away with you. Um, right. So, right. So that's that's kind of you know so yeah preparation knowing your material but as long as you know as long as you only speak on topics that you're comfortable with the material on then uh, then you then generally it's like a whale of a time and you you know you talk to your company <laughs> talk to your team then move on to say local user group meetings local user groups are a fantastic way of practicing speaking mm-hmm. and uh, do a few user group sessions again because people are there people are there mainly you know when they go to user groups it's it's mainly a social thing. They're coming right. to learn something, but they're not, they're, they're normally a friendly crowd because you're one of the group. And, um, it's normally only like 20 to 50 people, you know, and everyone's fairly, as long as you've been in that group a while in the audience, everyone's fairly, you know, oh, great. It's sharing some knowledge with me. It's just like a bigger brown bag session, really, a, a more right. wider brown bag session. Um, okay. and then do the user groups and then move on from user groups to say, you know, do a, uh, conference and things and you've i mean you've been lucky enough to um you've done like ask the expert sessions at tech ed and things like that haven't you 
Uh, I've spoken. Uh, no, to you. actually, all I did was man the booth. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, manning right. the booth. I mean, uh, no, having enough content knowledge to be able to man a booth at an event like TechEd or you know whatever to, means that you've got enough knowledge to be able to present these things. Because the questions you get asked, you get asked such varied and wide and and yet deep questions when you're working on one of those booths in a conference event as an expert, you know, as a, as a supposed expert on a particular (laughs) topic. Any of us knows the topic any better than anyone else. Um, So yeah. And then, and then, yeah, so preparation, get your material in order. And then like, there's lots of little tricks you learn as you practice. Mm -hmm. So um, I think Scott Hanselman, Scott Hanselman blogs about this a lot, but recently he's, he's done a, I think he's done like a, you can buy a video from some site or from a uh, tech pub. Yeah. I was just go. listening to a, a podcast that he did on .NET rocks. Uh, just listening to it, I think yesterday. And he, he talked about that and how he go. was, he was given, uh, you know, it was, a uh, uh, given a topic and, you know, 90 minutes later he was giving a presentation, but you know, th- that's, that's, that's the Hanselman, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, well, he's, I mean, he's like incredibly good at it, obviously. Yeah. And, but he's, he gives it, and it, but there's lots of little dumb tricks you learn, like, you know, setting font sizes big so people can read it, not making mm-hmm. people sit through you typing code a lot. But if you're not confident on code typing, have the code ready so you can just copy paste it in and then walk through it. Um, using Zoomit, the utility from Mark Sonovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, using that to and, and practice with it, and you hit Control One and you zoom in so that so you can focus your area of the screen. When you're using slides, make sure your slides are about conveying a point to the audience. Make sure they're not an aid memoir to you as a presenter right. on what to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and thing you know things like that just edit as well Ed, edit your slide deck down i and a rule of thumb for me is i normally like you know you've got say an hour for a session right. i normally i normally work on it's about 4 minutes a slide is is my average you know so there's a good metric for you so uh, depending on the session length I, I you know say if it's half an hour then if i've got 10 slides that's more than enough um right uh, and it, it, it's a surprisingly good rule of thumb in, in terms of things. I'm trying to get any other tips. You zoom it a lot. Make sure you've set your resolution to something fairly low. Make sure you've practiced your demos mm-hmm. multiple times and practice rolling back. Have instructions written down to yourself that tell you how to roll back your demo because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, often you'll be in the middle of a demo and you'll realize, oh, crap, I forgot to roll this back and that's why this isn't working <laughs> or, um, you know, little things like that. I actually, when I go into, say, a tech ed, you know, a, a tech ed level, say a tier one type presentation, mm-hmm. I'll have, you know, a, vi- a virtual machine that's snapshotted to the starting point. I'll have a backup of that virtual machine on a separate, <laughs> on a separate hard drive. Right. Um, I will have, um, I'll have obviously practiced my, my session and, and gone through the slide deck with a, somebody else beforehand. And ideally, I'll have actually practiced presenting that session with somebody else before. So yeah, that's the kind of things I do anyway. And, and then I actually have a piece of paper that, um, and it's typed. I could even, I could even, uh, I might even, I might put one of these up on my blog if it'd be interesting. <laughs> but basically, it's my cheat sheet. It, 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 uh-huh. All those little things that you need to remember to type in. I have them all okay. written down in order and, you know, what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to demo. And then I have um, timings as to, hey, by, you know, in a, you've got an hour and a half in a, in a tech ed style 
session. Mm -hmm. You want to finish after an hour and 15 minutes. So you probably want to plan on an hour's worth of content because you always go over what you think. Um, And to save some room for questions during the session and some room for tangents and stuff as the mood strikes you. So um, I then split that time down into sort of 15-minute chunks and say, hey, but by the time I get to this point in my Ah. demo and slide deck, I want to be here. Um, And if I'm not, I can adjust during the session so I can Mm -hmm. make sure I save room for my finale or save room for my saving for all the points I want to give. There's nothing worse than getting to the end of an hour and a half long session and then the presenter skipping over the bit that was going to be interesting to you. <laughs> right, right, right. So little milestones within yeah. the presentation. Yeah. yeah. And then just remember as well, when you go to something like a, if you're talking at like a, if you're talking at the worst, the first time you'll get nerves is when you're talking at a conference where people have actually paid to hear you talk because you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're still not getting paid to talk to them. <laughs> right. But uh, um, people are paying to hear you talk. And <clears throat> if you think about it, tech ed, I mean, I don't know how many thousands tech eds cost. Um, I've no, you know. I have no idea. I haven't paid for tech ed for a while, unfortunately, because I've, I've been speaking at them for a while. But right. um, there's you have 16 slots you can go to to go get on an average ten, on an average week long conference. You, there's usually mm-hmm. 16 hours worth of content or 16 slots of content right. you can get to. So you're one sixteenth of their value of their ticket. If you you know oh. you want them to make sure they've had at least one sixteenth of the value of their ticket out of your session. So that always is a good way to add a little bit of pressure on yourself as to, you know, when I come into this, do I have a mix of, um, a mix of stuff? Do I have stuff for the people who don't know a lot? Do I have stuff for people who know everything and and just try and mix up a bit, but that's advanced, you know, for now, just practice. Right. Okay. And when you practice, do you like, when you practice, do you like uh, videotape or do you it in front of a mirror or, or just like, you know, for your cats and animals and stuff? Or I, do you... I, now, this sounds bad. I never practice. Um, I would never practice out loud like a particular session. I practice my sessions by giving them to people. So okay. like my tech ed session, I would give to a to my team or I would find an excuse to present it internally before I present mm-hmm. it externally. Um Often I use user groups for that for presenting material as well. It's like a stand-up comedian, you know. You try your material <laughs> a smaller crowd first. So right. that, that's how I that's how I personally practice. But if mm-hmm. you particularly, I mean, if you if you are particularly nervous about presenting, then yeah, sure, present in front of a mirror or present video recordings are actually best, I think, because um, mm-hmm. you you realise you're talking too fast and you realise you've got you're clicking with a pen or you're not looking at the audience and just stuff like that. Uh, right. But what's quite good is to record it with somebody in the room, a few people in the room, because there's nothing worse than recording it on your own, but record it with some friends in the room mm-hmm. um, and then watch it back and have one of those friends who, you know, like you maybe I oh. for your loved one or somebody, you know, right. explaining to you, hey, look here, here's where you were doing something silly because there's often things you don't notice yourself doing, like saying, um, a lot. Right, right. So. Great. That's that's good stuff, man. Thank okay. you. No, hey, no worries. Anyway, so what what's what's news? What's the news in TFS land? What have you seen recently that's uh, taking your interest? Uh, some of the things that that I found interesting in the last couple of weeks is there was um, a, a couple posts on build extensions, and I know this is an area of interest mm. to you. Um, there is a uh, community TFS build extensions was just released in December. It's yeah. a tiny URL. TFS Tom Frank Sam build 
Extench, E-X-T, Echo, X-Ray, Tango, um, and what those uh, build extensions are. I, I, I like community stuff. I like when people see a hole and filled it, fill it and then release their work to allow others to build on it. You know, we all stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, and if we can put a, contribute a little bit ourselves to the next person, you know, I just love that. So, uh, you know, when I'm blogging and I, I blog about those, and, and this is another example of that, you know, they found a hole in there and, and, and some of the items, um, you know, you and I were talking in, in the pre-show uh, uh, about this, um, you know, like the SSH activities. These are workflow activities that you can add to a uh, both VS10 and they just added Visual Studio 11 support, um, workflow activities that you can put in your team builds. Mm-hmm. The, the and, SSH ones were particularly interesting uh, to me. Um, I was talking mm-hmm. to Tiago about these. Um, he's one of the MVPs who, who works in this project. And mm-hmm. um, they're, they're actually really useful for... We see... I talk to a lot of customers who want to run their builds on uh, Unix. So they want the build to be orchestrated by Team Foundation uh, build because right. then you get all the data about the build coming back into TFS. But the actual mm-hmm. building, they need that to happen on a Unix system. You know, maybe huh. maybe they're building an iOS phone application. Maybe they're right. building native code on Unix. If you're building Java stuff, we actually provide, you know, in the Microsoft Power Tools, we provide um, Anton, a wrapper so you can build Ant or Maven projects and publish test mm-hmm. results back. And you, but you're building those on a Windows box. Um, the SSH ones allow you to do the build on a Unix machine. Um, wow. Without having to install anything, because SSH comes on, you know, all modern Unix distributions or even macOS distributions and things, and, right. and then uh, and then and then use SCP, so secure copy, which is part of kind of SSH. Um, use those to bring to bring back the bits that you've built um, and stick them in the drop folder, ready to ready to go. So um, no, yeah, that is a, a interesting, definitely worth looking at. Though all those activities are very good, as and, and I say the SSH ones are particularly interesting to me. But there was others right. as well, wasn't there? Like Azure and a bunch of others, I think. Yep, the Amazon Web Services, uh, the SharePoint, uh, SharePoint and Click One activities, you know, lab management stuff. Cool. Um, and, and of course, we can't mention these build extensions without mentioning the granddaddy of the community mm. build extensions. Um, which is tiny URL build pack. Um, and that's the MS build extension pack on CodePlex. Uh, you know, that this has been around for a while and there's 415 MS build tasks, loggers and, and task factories in that build pack. So, and that's almost pretty much anything you would ever want to put in a build. It's in that definitely beast. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's um when we when we uh, created the build extensions project, it was I mean originally we were just contributing stuff into the MS build ones, but then mm-hmm. you know because uh, team foundation builds based on workflow 4, um you needed to be activities, you know, and that's that's why it became kind of a separate project. But no, the MS right. build project was was one I've used for you know years, <laughs> especially things like just just zipping up a folder, you know, uh-huh. and just little things like that. It, it's invaluable. I don't think there's a single. I'm trying to think now. There's probably yeah, no. There's the the, the team explorer everywhere builds uh, that doesn't currently have the build extensions on because we don't need it anymore but no, we 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 um it has our build extensions power tool and that's about it i think but no every other build i've ever done has always needed these ms build uh, tasks so yeah great great call what have you seen recently so um dave lloyd uh mvp dave lloyd emailed me he's um 
done a guide on getting uh, Tibco development set up with Team Foundation server. So, um, you know, Tibco is sort of this big enterprise thing. And, um, right. It was one of those areas that was quite tricky. It's not you, you can't just um, it's kind of got its own environment. You can't just you know it's not Eclipse or Visual Studio based kind of thing. It's it's kind of its own thing. And to get yeah. it set up, I didn't really know about. Um, right. And I sh- probably should as the guy that's like you know Mr. Out- <laughs> outside of Visual Studio guy. But anyway, um, uh, no. So he's he's sat down and done a bunch of work getting Tibco working with TFS. So he's got a, a project up on Coplex, um, Tibco TFS and uh, yeah, if you head there, if if you hear the words Tibco and you want to use it with TFS, then head there first and see if you can build upon the giant of uh, that is Dave Lloyd. Great, great. Uh, one of the other things that I found uh, was interesting is that you know we all like shiny, and you know there's been a lot of talk about VS11, mm-hmm. and you know Brian Keller uh, released uh, some VMs a while ago. Yeah, invaluable. Machines. Yep. Yep, absolutely. You know, who wants to set all that stuff up and, and who wants to, you know, potentially, uh, um, you know, impact one of your machines? And yeah. so, you know, the VMs are. That's are, a bunch uh, of test data in as well, which is fantastic. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but one of the problems that I personally had with it, uh, not problems, just challenges, is that, uh, you know, they were Hyper-V. And, and that makes sense, you know, and um, Hyper-V is the way all the Windows platforms are going. But, uh, so, but you have to have Hyper-V act, you know, machine that has Hyper-V, you know, Windows Server currently. Um, well, I found um, a couple days ago uh, an individual who uh, basically repurposed it using Oracle's VirtualBox. Huh. He provided instructions on not only how to use those VMs, but how to use those 64 bit VMs. And I didn't know this was possible. Uh, use those 64 bit VMs on a 32-bit host OS. Huh. I didn't know that was possible either. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't tested that. I mean, I don't have 32-bit OSs around anymore. Uh, you know, I, I 64-bit rocks. You know, got to use all that RAM. But, you know, he's saying they're in the post, and the URL is a tiny URL, VS1132VM. And um, yeah, he provides the walkthrough instructions for for how to do it and he attests that you know hey he's doing it on a 32 bit host and he's running those 64 bit virtual machines in it so it's uh-huh. like oh, that's that's pretty awesome now personally i find it cool just cuz i'm going to use the virtual box on my you know win 7 64 uh, bit and run those vms here but uh yeah i i, I found that you know, there's some really cool things with virtual box yeah. uh-huh. and you know the price for it is is hard to beat indeed you mentioned it's free haven't you Yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, thanks, Richard Hunthausen. That's a great post. Yes. So he's actually using the same, it's the same image. He's just loading it up. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That's, de- that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, I, I hadn't seen that at all. Hey, um, speaking of MVPs again, there's another MVP project. Have you um, taken a look at the, the TFS uh, collaboration providers uh, on Coplex? That's tfscollab.coplex.com. Yeah, I sure did. I, and uh, do you like the logo, by the way? <laughs> yeah, that is kind of cool. I do that yeah. logo. 
<laughs> did you was, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was many moons ago. But yeah, it was, uh-huh. it was when I worked for Team Fries. But yeah, I I did that logo. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I haven't done any other work in this latest version. You know, that's uh, yeah, that's um, all been uh, Nico has been running with that. Um, but uh, no, he's uh, he's done a great job. Basically, um, if you know the in the power tools, you have the the team option. You know, the team right. menu, team members. Um, and then that can hook into, um, I remember out of the box, it's communicator and, um, one of the other ones, uh, I can't remember now, but this one, the one that, the, the one that this adds is it adds uh, windows messenger and it adds Skype, which is most important mm. to me. Cause, um, again, when I worked at team prize, we used to use Skype all the time for communicating and we're using Skype to record this podcast. Um, so, right. uh, uh, yeah, it, it allows you to use Skype as your IM and also to detect presence, you know, if the person's online or not and, uh, and be able to IM them. So no, it's, um, it, it, it's great. Right, right. Yeah, that, that is cool. And of course, the sources with it too, which I, which I dig as well. So. Yep. If you wanted to plug in a different, you know, if you're, if you're a big aim person, for example, or, or you want to hook it into IRC or something, then go for it. Here's a great examples on how to do that. Um, interestingly, the, the team members, uh, power tool is an interesting one. I need to think about a bit, uh, how we react to that in, um, Visual Studio 11, because mm-hmm. in Team Foundation Server 11, there is, there is actually, you know, wacky it's only taken us to 11 but there's uh there's a, <laughs> we now have a notion there is a concept of teams now in team foundation server uh, uh-huh. there's an actual thing called a team and you can define yourself in a team and a, a team has more you know a team is responsible for iterations and the iterations have start end dates and uh teams have backlogs and team you know and those sorts of things so um need to we're doing some work at the minute actually trying to figure out how we take the team members power tool into visual studio 11 and make it relevant there. So, um, yeah, so we're not, we'll, um, uh, we'll see how this goes, but it's, it's great that the, um, you know, the present stuff, we still definitely want to keep, uh, pluggable right. so that you can plug in, um, third party providers. So yeah, love that. Mm-hmm. Love the extensibility. Got to be able to extend it. Uh huh. Yeah. Anything else that, that, that caught your eye? Uh, a couple ones. Um, there was a, a recent post from Grant Holiday who uh, uh, mm. talked about, you know, TFS uh, 2010 is, has been out, you know, since April 2010. Uh, and there's been a number of service packs and updates and, and hot fixes and stuff. So Grant Holiday uh, released a kind of, you know, TFS service pack and hot fixes that, that I should install guide. And that yeah. is t- tiny URL GHT. F-S-S-P, as in Grant Holiday TFS-SP. Got you. And, um, and he talks about not just uh, here's the service packs, but you know here's even the updated installation guide, uh, licensing. You know, we always have to worry about licensing. Um, and he's broken it down by tiers, both the application tier and the, and the database tier. You know, when you're you know, talking about SQL servers and what SQL server service packs, and then he goes to the client, you know, uh, putting Team Explorer on there and, and the both uh, – recommended as well as you know thanks here's you know you really need to install this kind of stuff so yeah i really enjoyed that post and if you're not subscribed to grant holiday's blog already then i would recommend you do so grant is a absolute 
legend. I don't know anyone on the planet that knows more about Team Foundation Server than Grant does. He he used to be on the team. He um he was on the Team Foundation Server team, um but he um has moved back to Australia um and he's now um, works for Microsoft Consulting over in Australia there. And uh, yeah, he's absolutely legend. He wrote the administration chapters uh, in the TFS book. And I remember when I was proofreading them, I was like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been, I had to do some uh, server object model work the other day against Team Foundation Server. And uh-huh. um, I was trying to figure out how to get started. And I just picked up his chapter, chapter 25, <laughs> and used it because he was teaching me. So now I, we miss him on the team because he, he was, um, like I say, he, he knows more about Team Foundation Server than probably any man alive, and you know he could he could give Brian uh, Brian Harry a run for his money when it turns uh-huh. comes to in depth knowledge of TFS. Anyway, uh, oh. yeah, he's cool. So subscribe to his blog if you're not already. Um, and then uh, I'm just for, for my last one probably for today. Um, quite a lot. Um, I've seen a question come up on uh, the mailing lists and you know in Stack Overflow and stuff about people not seeing. Uh, the icon overlays in uh-huh. um you know in the power tools we have the shell extensions for tfs right um well sometimes people aren't seeing the little you know the little tick boxes and decorations to say hey this is in this is in team foundation server uh-huh. and and you know it, it got it's been reported as a bug a few times and we looked into it and in fact johanna who's um the guy that writes these shell extensions he's done a blog post about why this happens so if you go mm-hmm. to tinyurl.com slash tfs icon icon um he explains why basically there is um there's a bit of a uh, a limitation in uh, uh windows uh, raymond chen's got a blog post about it as well where um you know in in the shell you can actually only have those like little icon overlays you have, you know, the, right. like the hand was the classic one or, or the short icon is a classic one. Right. Um, you can only have 15 of those uh, in the system at any one huh. time. So like total complete. Yeah. 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 And there's a bunch of things that use icon overlays, like, um, like if you had tortoise SVN installed as well as the power tools, you know, then you right. might not see them. And so unfortunately, it's just a kind of a limitation we're stuck with in the shell. Um, uh, and because we're, um, because we're team foundation server beginning with a T, um, they're actually sorted in alphabetical order. And so we often fall off the bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> now we could start a war of being AAA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, really. oh, exclamation point. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but let's not go there. Let's just be nice people and respect it. So, so if you're not seeing the show icons, I apologize. Um, uh, Johanna's got a blog post. Why? We'll see what we can do to, to fix that. But uh, what I don't want to do is start a war of icon overlays. So, um, yeah. We'll just see. But if you right-click, the TFS menu is still there, so you can still use that just fine. Ah, and his post goes into a few suggestions on you know what you can do, and not just even for the TFS, but in any shell extension that, yeah. that you may not be setting. He provides a little bit of... Um, suggestions on on what you can do it it, you know requires you know registry hacking so you have to use that with extreme care but um cool great fantastic well anything else or should we should call that a wrap we're at the half hour point i think that's a show fantastic well again uh thanks everybody for your time thanks for listening we've had some wonderful feedback um on the email radio tfs at gmail.com um it's been 
you know, we, we, we know we took a bit of a break there. Everyone got a bit busy. Um, things are picking up, especially with Greg's help. It's, uh, we've, we've got a few shows out in a row and uh, the feedback we've had from everyone's been fantastic. So thank you very much for the feedback. Uh, keep it coming. If you've got any uh, shows you'd like us to do, any topics you'd like us to look at, then do that. We're hoping to start bringing some special guests again. Now we're getting a regular cadence of shows out the door. So if you've got any requests for special guests you'd like us to have on the show, then email radiotfs at gmail.com. Okay, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Greg. And we'll see you next time on Radio TFS. Radio TFS.